I love microdosing. It's really just a stair stepper and helps you get it comfortable with feeling more and being okay with feeling emotions that might come up and getting them out or being okay with telling your partner how you feel. Because when we are desensitized down there and here all the time, what existence are we really having? I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. So, That Sex Chick listeners, I'm really excited to have the conversation that I'm going to have today. And I will admit, I'm also a little bit nervous because we're going to talk about, well, sex doesn't make me nervous, but psychedelics, which in my in my personal life doesn't really make me all that nervous, uh, but communicating about them publicly. And I know that on some of my podcast episodes, I've mentioned, whether it be LSD or mushrooms or MDMA, very briefly as a part of a story, I, I've never really highlighted the psychedelic or the substance itself, or my relationship to them, or how I've leveraged them and used them in my life. I know that sometimes I've had Jordan on the show, and we've spoken about um, experiences that we've had together using various substances, but I haven't had a show that's specifically about substance psychedelics, how that pertains to relationship, inner growth, personal development, all of that, until today. And I was originally approached by today's guest through Instagram and it was, I really love your episodes or I really love your podcast. And I have a unique spin on MDMA psychedelic or MDMA and mushroom therapy as a means for couples to have better sex and a better relationship. And I went, Ooh, do I dare? I even brought the subject up to my team. Like, do we want to talk about this publicly on the show? And then we went back and forth for a little while. And then I thought, oh, well, I'm going to need to make disclaimers because I don't want, you know, to mention on my show that I did some psychedelic. And then next thing you know, someone's like ingesting four or five grams of mushrooms and is, you know, having like this really intense, I don't know, it might be like the, the greatest experience. They might see God um, on that kind of a dose. But I, I just want to preface this conversation with we put a lot of thought and consideration into this topic before saying yes to actually bringing the conversation to all of you, because it's important. What we're going to talk about today should be respected, should be revered in the exact same way that I would say respect sex and the energy of sex. Um, The same goes with substance. And then when you mix even sex and various substances, there's a lot that's possible there. Yes, there's a lot of growth and ahas and big energy moving, but there's also the opportunity to potentially touch some things that maybe you don't really want to touch, or maybe it's too fast, too soon, could be slightly traumatic. So this is my, consider this my official disclaimer that we're going to have a conversation myself and the guest for today, who I'm going to have her communicate in just a second. Uh, we're going to have this conversation and I want for you to listen from a place of curiosity, from a place of you're absorbing a story. You know, I'm going to say some of my stories. I'm sure she will say some of her stories. And, you know, if you have more questions about this subject matter after reach out to me directly, reach out to our guest today directly. Um, and ask those questions, get the research and follow that curiosity, much like I suggest following the curiosities that you have in your sexual desire. So without further ado, Bijou, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yes, I am so happy to be here. Thanks for taking the chance. I know it is a really, um, it's still a taboo uh, conversation to have, but I think uh, as you can see with John Hopkins and MAPS, 
doing a really professional job of doing studies and getting them out there that people are starting to see that this is truly medicine that if you do it in an intentional way can have profound, um, uh, things happen to your life and, and to your soul and to your connections, everything, if you do it right, can, can be amazing. So yeah, thank you for having me be here. Absolutely. And I'd say there are even times where I have thought I've, I've been doing the, the psychedelic substance thing, quote unquote, right. And it's gone really sideways. So this is just volatile, but, but I will say like, there is an element of volatility to it. Um, but for me by far, psychedelics and sex have taught me more about myself than any other form, any other therapeutic form, especially talk therapy. Exactly. And I think that's why I did go down that rabbit hole as, as deep as I did, because, um, the, the normal, even like business coaching or talk therapy, everything that I was trying in my life wasn't really working for me. And now after a lot of research and a lot of experience, I understand why. And it's because uh, when something really moves you, uh, you really have long lasting results. So with talk therapy, I definitely lied to myself and to my therapist. And I was just spending money on venting, but I wasn't really seeing transformational aspects of my life. And, um, and I think that's why I felt so blocked and I knew that I had more to life that, that I could reach a deeper aspect of myself, that I could love myself more, that I could cure, um, my fear of intimacy with a partner. I could see myself in a better way, um, heal some traumas that was just blocking me in, in so many ways of my life. And so that's kind of why after about three or four years of working with psychedelics personally, I saw, okay, this is it. This is it for me. Like, this is my calling. This is something that I want to share with the world. And I knew that there was something about sex and psychedelics because they are the highest vibration that we ever feel. And if we um, do it with intention and with support, it can majorly shift yourself and your life in, in the positive direction as long as you integrate it and as long as you work with it to continue it on. So um, I ended up going into the Vita program, like I told you, which is uh, sex, love, and relationship coaching, getting you ready to be able to not only heal yourself, but the he people around you. And then I took a facilitator training for psychedelics because I really wanted to be able to support people on journeys um, to help in any capacity that they needed, whether it be couple work or um, individual work. And then I went even deeper into the rabbit hole. And that's why right now um, you might be able to hear a generator in the background. We picked up and left in the middle of COVID. I had been in Austin for 15 years. It was my home. I never thought I would ever leave. And I said, screw it with my partner. And we found 80 acres out in the middle of nowhere, um, Virginia in a hundred year old farmhouse. And we are renovating it because one day we want to have a therapeutic couples or entrepreneurial, uh, retreat. Uh, as soon as it's legal, that is. So we're diligently working on that to make it ready for when and, and when it does become legal, which I'm very, very hopeful that it will be soon. Totally. Matter of time. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we see what happened with cannabis, so, and what's so wild Absolutely. to me is that alcohol, while we had a little period of prohibition there, I am my least favorite self and my, and I would say on the spectrum of highest self Alexa. Um, and it's funny because as I say my full name very boldly like that, I imagine people who are listening to the show at home will have their Alexas all chiming. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. I don't joke about that a lot on the show. It's a sore subject. Um, (laughs) I know my mom did not see that one coming. Um, so right, right. Which is why I oftentimes will just introduce myself as Lex. Now I'm like, I'm just going to save everybody, including myself from this. Um, but yeah, I am my lowest version of myself. Like my least favorite self is on several alcoholic drinks, you know, maybe one or two when I'm feeling a little bit feisty, a little bit free, but usually doesn't stop there. It'll, it'll usually go into like maybe the third. Well, I won't say usually I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, like I've got a good handle on it now, I would say, but that's like, that's legal. And that is for me, it feels low. It feels dark. I don't feel really myself. Um, and while yes, people say, you know, it's liquid courage or it's like liquid, uh, it'll then make you tell the truth. But that to me is just really harsh. Um, and I don't want to just word vomit whatever is in my head out loud on alcohol, which I have some family members that do that. And it's really sharp and really painful every time I want to put conscious, um, thought into the way that I am communicating and what information I am communicating. And so I just find it really wild that alcohol is this legal substance that, in a lot of ways is in my life has just only brought really darkness unless it's very lightly consumed in a very kind of social or intimate kind of container. So anyway, I won't bash alcohol any, any more cause that's not what the episode is about, but that's just my, my personal take. No. And I, I think that is a really beautiful analogy because, um, when I work with some of my clients, they said, Oh, I had a crazy bad trip one time in college. And I'm like, okay, you have to imagine that's why I typically get them started with microdosing because microdosing is like one glass of wine and anyone can manage one glass of wine. That's typically how it feels. Whereas four grams, you have to, that's like drinking four bottles of wine. Of course you, you want to be, uh, in the right set and setting and you want to be intentional and you want to be prepared for whatever it's going to come bring out of you. And I think it's the same with, uh, psychedelics and with mushrooms is that sometimes your hurt inner child will vomit out a lot of its pain whenever it's like word vomit out a lot of its pain, whenever it might be drunk. But with psychedelics, you're just like kind of cracking open your psyche. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of have either a conversation with yourself or really help your partner see the true you. And and instead of the projection that your partner has put on you, which is typical, we're all human, we all do that. And so that's when I really started seeing that I was running from myself and intimacy with alcohol. I mean, I was partying hard in Austin for a very long time and psychedelics were really just so much of an aha moment and so much of a love myself moment that I was really just taken aback. And I didn't understand why that they were, why they're illegal, because you're right. There's so many deaths with alcohol and mushrooms. For instance, there are literally none. 
It's like one of the safest substances in the world, except for you might have a little bit of a freak out if you're not fully prepared and you're not supported. So that's the thing is that I don't think people have ever really experienced a therapeutic setting and what's possible from a therapeutic setting. They're just thinking about that one time in college where they maybe took it while they were drinking and they were at a concert with so much stimuli and they just like their trauma might've even tried to come out and heal because the mushrooms don't know where you are. And that might've been re-traumatizing. And so that's the thing is that I hope some people may be listening will consider giving them a second shot with a facilitator or with um, a smaller dose to make sure that they meet the mushroom in a new way as a new person. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm already really enlivened by this conversation. Um, so, but before I like let my own curiosities and questions and things take us in whatever direction it'll take us, I, I would really love to hear, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of your backstory and how you even wound up finding this work. Cause I feel like before, before we get into like the specifics on how to do psychedelics and maybe what is a microdose and you use the word journey, you know, and like actually giving some definition to some of those things and practicalities around some of those things. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit of the heart around mm-hmm. what you do, because I know for me, my story, all of my life was leading me to this point, you know, like most people, all of my life has led me to be in a space where I'm helping people with their relationships and their sex life and their intimacy. And so I imagine um, there are some, some pieces to your story as well that a lot of people might find some resonance with. Yes. Um, it's weird because growing up, I was, um, I felt mentally very sexual or I would have these um, sexual feelings or I felt a power within me, but I didn't really understand it. And I didn't really have anyone showing me anything. And growing up Catholic, it felt, it was very hard on me to, to deal with those two, um, energies in my body. So I think that I was very shut down because of that, because I felt bad about who I truly was. And when I got a little bit older, um, I started seeing myself try to venture out in expressive ways, but I didn't really feel safe enough to do so, or I didn't feel empowered enough to do so. And I really had some programming that I really needed to wipe clean or, or start anew. And so, um, I think I started hitting a bunch of walls and feeling really sad about it. and didn't feel at home in my shoes, didn't feel like I was going on the the path that I needed to go on. And I had my first psych- psychedelic experience and it was a huge um, acid trip and it shook me clean. Um, it was, it was a, an amazing moment where I was just like, oh my God, my main purpose in life is to make sure that I die knowing that I love who I am and that I help other people love who they are. And I help them experience the depth of what's possible with life. And that means with intimacy, with communication, with sex, with money, whatever it is, you can use all of those energies to deepen your life in such amazing ways. So that's when I became 
just obsessed. I mean, I, I wanted to try every psychedelic. I wanted to understand what it did for me. I wanted to understand what it did for my brain in an entrepreneurial way, what it does for me, um, with my intimacy blocks that were strong and hard and big. And, um, and I just played with that for about six years. And I really love psychedelics because the concoction or the little elixirs or the doses really allow you to play with them. So for instance, microdosing and going on a hike with your partner versus doing one or two grams as like a, a fun little night at home and then doing five grams as a deep, like feel my trauma. So you understand me deep dive, like all of those really do work and help your relationship. And so you don't have to do the deep dives, but, but I started doing that with my partner and I just came alive in ways that I know I would have never found if I hadn't tried some of this. And it's a mixture of support of talk therapy to make sure that you actually integrate what comes up in a psychedelic experience, but it kind of I think was a reason why talk therapy alone never worked for me or psychedelics alone never really saw the lasting effects that I needed. I needed a combination of the two. And that's where I am now where I'm like so incredibly passionate about helping people not be afraid to turn in and to love themselves and to not be afraid of the intimacy and to understand the trauma bonds that they might have with their partner to have a deeper relationship. I mean, with all of the, the work that I did with the Vita program, it was kind of crazy to me to see someone who's never wanted to get married and never wanted to ever get like super committed with anyone to see that you experience your best sex apparently at 60 if you've been with someone for that long. And I'm like, no way. But I mean, the studies apparently show it. And the reason why is that your brain at that point lost its give up beep. And, and so you're not like all up in your head during sex. And so all of these little things that I would learn um, while I was in the Vita program really sent me down these rabbit holes of how the brain affects us and the psychedelic world and the brain world, they are the same world. And, um, I'm a huge brain geek and that's why I kind of just went off on this path. So that was a long way to say, um, I, I geeked out for the last six years to really understand everything that I possibly could. So I could properly facilitate people and properly help them. So where they could see lifelong changes in some of the, the short work that they could do. Mm. <sighs> yes. Yes. I said that I said it towards the, the beginning of the show. I've learned more about myself through sex than anything. And then right behind that is psychedelics. I mean, sex, I would say on an, in, in a, a more personal individual, how I act, how I operate the, in the moment. And then psychedelics about the way that I see myself in the world and how I, how I engage with, I mean, and I'll use the word trauma, um, how, yeah, certain patterns, just a deeper, 
like you were saying with alcohol, just like blurt out whatever the little, the inner little hurt person. And for me with psychedelics, instead of blurt out the hurt, it's look at actually see the little person and go, I'm so sorry. I love you. Um, I feel you. I'm with you now. I'm going to parent you in the way that you didn't get when you were younger and it's okay. You can put the, the weapons down and you can receive the love and you can dance fearlessly and you can, you know, all of that. And it's just a, it's such a totally different way of interacting with, uh, the inner, I would say. And while I, I don't, um, express it all that much, and maybe this will, will help to open me up a little bit. I'm a big, anyone and everyone who will talk about psychedelics or who will talk about, you know, intentional substance use, I, because it has had such a profound impact on my own life, I will communicate with, with anyone and everyone who will talk about it, just like I will sex. And so that's a little bit of a, the difference between, you know, what I, when I do share about it a little bit publicly, but, um, what I am communicating the most about on the podcast or on my Instagram and social media, my groups and, and all of that versus knowing me personally. And, um, and so facilitating and and my comfort level is continuously growing and my edges are continuously growing and especially growing with the more time goes by and the more, um, facilitator experience that I get and the more trainings that I get and the more understanding that I get. And it's deep, like the, like you said, the rabbit hole, it's an, it's an never ending abyss. Um, and so I've even facilitated uh, like where my comfort level is very low. So like my comfort level is like, I'm going to introduce you to your first gram of psychedelic mushroom psilocybin. And, um, and I've, I've worked with clients before. I'm like, this is all that my comfort level is. And we're going to take this and we're going to be very intentional. We're going to journal and we're going to go outside and we're going to have an experience. And, you know, and I, and I've even leveraged that from the point of like helping someone who's, who is a sex coach. And this was very recent. It took me several years, um, in the psychedelic space and being a coach and facilitator and being, you know, having gone through trauma and somatics training and all that for me to go, okay, well, I'm comfortable to give you your first gram. <laughs> um, but the reason why I even gave it to, to, um, this particular client is because I felt like through so much of our time together, I couldn't access her heart. She couldn't access her heart. She was so good at the to-do list. So good at being an A plus student. So good. Just tell me what the, the formula is and the plan and the logic and the everything, but stuff was falling flat. Her audience wasn't wasn't really engaging with her in, in, in a prop in, in a, in a way that let's say my audience engages with me, but that's because I let them in. I, I don't hold almost anything back. Like there's maybe a few things that I keep sacred, but I might keep them sacred for a certain length of time. And then I'm wide open about those things too. And so that comes with a level of like comfort with my trauma and comfort with my story, comfort with my heart. And like, uh, knowing that I will show up for my heart and show up for myself very tenderly. And I'm not requiring that from any of my audience. I'm not getting, you know, external validation or anything like that. So, um, I actually helped, you know, that set her on a path. And the next thing I know, she's the, the next time she does them, she's like source them in her location. And she's sitting down, creating her first container like that first ritual with her and her husband of X amount of years. And they're having their experience. And now all of a sudden he's showing interest in certain personal development stuff. And it's just like this beautiful lead domino. And however people find their way to psychedelics, if they can give it a second chance at the first time they experienced it, was someone just like, here, take this. Want some mushrooms in the middle of a concert? And like you said, so much stimuli. It's like, yeah, that might've been not the the greatest experience. Give it another try with a totally different set setting, context, intention, all of that. So um, thank you for the work that you are doing. Um, and I definitely feel 
like super inspired and excited about it personally. And so I would love to hear, you know, the, the, the blending of sex and psychedelics, how has that, is, is there a blend? Is it, you know, doing the work specifically in sex or this work specifically in psychedelics? Do they have a place where they meet? I love that question. Thank you for asking that. Um, yeah, so, uh, I was definitely keeping them separate, um, for most of my journeying, um, just because I didn't really know how to put them together. And then that's when I really started understanding how to create a protocol for people is that it really depends on the person. If you have a lot of trauma that you need to process, or if you have a lot of walls that need to come down for your relationship, or you have to get more comfortable with intimacy, there's definitely work that needs to be done like prior to with somatic work or with uh, some talk therapy and maybe some opening with a microdose or something that's more um, just focused on that person or that side of the couple or the couple separate. And then, um, depending on, on what you're trying to get accomplished, whether you feel like you're a rock solid couple and you just want to deepen, or you feel like you're a couple that really has some work that needs to be done to heal, to be able to keep going further with each other. So I really have to kind of like understand the couple and, and tell them what to do. So since it's so nuanced. I'm going to go off of my journey with it. And, um, I would say that it's, there's a place for both of them. For instance, I've done a lot of self-pleasure practices on psychedelics. I did one on acid, one on mushrooms, one on a hippie flip, which is an MDMA mushroom mix. And the, oh, and I've also done, um, a cannabis gummy one that was amazing. And I just, I mean, I don't think I would have ever experienced something like this if I hadn't prepared myself, but the depth of understanding of myself, of my soul, of my body really helped me to gain the confidence to show up as like Cleopatra in the bedroom if I wanted to. And I'm still working on it. I'm definitely not uh, where I want to be or where I know I could be, but it really, really helped me. Cause I think one of my major blocks was that internal dialogue that I had of what do you look like? Do you think he feels good? All of that stuff that was really hindering my experience and, and possibly my partners. So I will say that, um, that the self journey with psychedelics and with self pleasure has been incredible for me. When it comes to my partner, there's been uh, three or four times that we've actually mixed sex and psychedelics, but majority of the um, benefit that our our relationship has experienced has been from a therapeutic, like talking experience with psychedelics, where we either took quite a bit and just cried together, like cried it all out. Or there's been times where we were at Burning Man and we were on acid and we just felt the like <laughs> ecstasy that's possible in the universe together at the same time and, and connected like that. So there's definitely been some amazing experiences where it kind of just flowed. Like we wanted it to be therapy and then it flowed into a sexual experience. It wasn't like an intention or forced or like, okay, we're going to do this. It was just what happened when the the walls dropped and we felt connected and we just 
felt that energy flowing through our bodies. So I, I will say that in all of the psychedelic experiences that we've had, there have been just a few that actually had that the meeting of the two. But I will say that the talk therapy or the work with your, your sexuality or the work with your psychedelic journey really all comes together to, to equal amazing intimacy or amazing sex or amazing uh, self-love. Hello, love bugs. Brinsky here. And I'm here to talk to you about codependency. <laughs> now, some of you know that I ended a 10-year relationship to break my codependency and to really heal my limiting beliefs and the way that I was operating in my marriage. But I'm here to talk to you about a different codependency. This is my codependency with coffee and how that relationship has just gotten a little out of hand lately, where I was getting up to two lattes a day. Not only is it fucking expensive, um, it's not good for my hormones, my health, my anxiety. And I watched Lex try it and love it. And so I said, okay, I'm ready to make the switch too. I've made the switch and y'all, I absolutely love it. Everyday Dose is an incredible coffee alternative. It has got one third of the caffeine of coffee, but it's loaded with all of these incredible ingredients like mushrooms and collagen and nootropics. And just by switching from coffee to Everyday Dose, I have noticed such an increase in my mood. I feel happier, less anxious, my energy is way more stable. I'm not having those crazy afternoon crashes. And I'm also not codependent on this beverage that I have to have in the morning or else I can't function because I hated that. I hated being so reliant on something. And so um, I'm so grateful that I made that switch. And if you were looking to break your codependency too, then I invite you to check it out, to try it. When you use the code that sex chick, you get 20% off an already discounted starter kit, which takes it up to, I think, 65% off your first order, which makes it so freaking affordable, y'all. Um, there's literally no risk to try it. And if you decide that you don't like it, they literally give you your money back. But I love Everyday Dose. I imagine you will too. And so I encourage you to give it a try. Let us know how you like it and break that codependency once and for all. Now back to today's show. That reminds me of um, of a, a trip that Jordan and I took. This was over a year ago. We were in Georgia in the mountains and just both took a, a half of a tab of acid. So like the little squares and, I'll, and I'm, I'm going to start getting more um, explanatory for those that are listening that that have no idea, you know, because I'm talking to you like a girlfriend, you know, so like a little square that has and I'm not sure the microgram dose or anything, but I, we took half of it. And by the end now, when you're going to take acid, you're looking at like your whole day is as a trip. Um, so it's like up to 14, 15 hours, I think even maybe even longer, depending on the person and how you metabolize it, maybe shorter depending. And by the very end of it, I spend a lot of the time, I spend a lot of time whenever psychedelics are involved on my own. I feel very um, comfortable in, in my, on my own. And that 
it's indicative of the the life that I that led me up to now. I spent a lot of time by myself when I was a kid, and I wished that I had more friends. And my circumstances led to me spending a lot of time with old people. Um, so you know, I get into that kind of vulnerable space, and I'm like, I'm just gonna go over here by myself and like hang out, <laughs> you know, with myself, which is also great because I don't need external stimulus or validation. I don't I don't require that. But of course, I am partnered with one that really does love that. So, cause that's how, that's my, my sacred mirror there. Uh, so, but I remember towards the very end of this particular journey, it's one of the very small, like, like ours very rarely have the actual act of sex. They might feel turn on, they might feel like sexual energy is present or is moving, but it's not about the sex per se. And I remember at the very end of this particular trip, we're really winding down. Jordan's still in it a little bit. And his experience, which we talked about afterwards was he, it was in that kind of sexual experience towards the end of that trip where he told me that he was overwhelmed with gratitude and reverence for my womb, for my vagina, for all of my lady parts, because he was sitting there, he was on his knees, he had his hands over my body and was like, oh my God, it was hitting him. All of the things that this part of my body was going to bring into our life. Like he, he like couldn't feel the importance and significance of that until that moment where he was like, Oh my God, our children are going to come from here. Like you are magic. Like he was just saying all of these things. And I, and I was sitting there as a recipient where I was like, wow, you're really having a moment with, with my pussy here, you know, like he was just like in it. And then after he was like, then we wound up actually having sex after that. And he was like, that was the most incredible experience. You know, he's, he's a perpetual best experience of my lifer. Like everything he does, he's like, that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I love that he has that kind of boyish wonder and awe, um, you know, kind of attitude about him, but I don't know if he would have really felt it in his like cells and his being that way, the respect, the reverence and the awe. And he's carried that he's carried it ever since. And so that's a way that I see like, yes, it's not about being high and having sex, but he's now carried this respect in, in perpetuity, which is transformational. Oh, I love that is such a beautiful experience. I'm so glad that you had that experience. And I, and it, it's similar. I, I've, felt for the first time comfortable stepping into my feminine where we're not really taught, especially with the patriarchy and, and and the way that the world works, the feminine power is not celebrated in a way that I feel like it should be. And especially at no fault to, to normal men is that they're not shown how, and when they feel that reverence and we feel that reverence to them and to our bodies, it's a game changer in my experience. Like it takes your, your experience with each other, with sex, with your mentality about it to a whole nother plane that really just makes you come undone with gratitude and with excitement and with purity that is just, there's no words for it. And that's another reason why I love psychedelics, because I think the, uh, the depth of our um, emotions and experience can't always be explained with words. And to be able to feel those depths together is why they call it journeying. You go on a journey. And yeah. typically, if you go on a 
15 day hike with someone or a 15 hour trip, you're going to leave better friends or decide to conscious and couple, whatever it is. Like there's a lot that can come out of, of an experience with someone like that. And, and I'm just so happy for you. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Me, me too. And I'm, you know, I also grew up Catholic and I understood growing up a lot of, a lot of things that I've spoken about on the, on the show, very taboo, sex, wrong, dirty, bad, don't do it, save it for marriage, blah, blah, blah. And with drugs, it's just one word drugs. And here's a list of all the things underneath it. And crack might as well be crystal meth, might as well be acid, might as well be mushrooms, might as well be ayahuasca. It's all the same. If it takes you out of what's so crazy is like, I almost want to say it takes you out of the here and now, but it doesn't. Uh, it brings you into the here and now in a very unique and special way. I spend so much time, whether it's caffeinated or whatever the stimulant that I have inside of me or the depressant, whatever it is, alcohol, coffee, something where it's like, I'm not present. I'm all over the damn place. Uh, but then to take a psychedelic, I have no choice but to be present with the, what is happening right now. Like I can't even consider any of the outside circumstances because, you know, I'm looking outside and the trees are breathing. Holy (laughs) shit. It feels amazing to be alive. I have so much respect for these trees and their livingness and all of that. And it, and it's, it's wild. And so I, I also grew up with like, if you take the acid, you'll chew your arm off and jump out of a window thinking you're, you could fly. That's like the common thing that was said that, you know, a lot of people have that story. And fuck, I, I thought that for so long and I, imbo- I had in, the, in my body this fear of these things. And I have seen, you know, for the most part, only beauty. Um, I did have a DMT experience that uh, the 5-MeO DMT, which is the poison off of a frog, believe it or not, I smoked it, um, with a, I'll just call him like a, our resident shaman, um, for a, a tribe kind of experience that, that I was a part of. It was a bigger experience. I had a lot of trust. I knew the person very well. It was very articulate and, um, curated. And I drew a card. It was just me and this other person. And we had this whole little container set up and it just got really dark. I fought the, the, the medicine, so to speak. And, and you'll see, you know, for those that are listening, oftentimes people who are who are navigating psychedelics or substances will use the term medicine when it's used in a more therapeutic way versus an intentional way versus a party drug. Um, so, you know, I will say the medicine and I fought it, I fought it really, really hard. Um, and wound up having a very dark kind of experience. And it's one of the most influential experiences of my life, even though it was dark, even though I fought it, um, because it cracked me wide open after I was overwhelmed with a feeling of grief for an extended period of time when right before I had done it, I was feeling on cloud nine about life and my femininity and my power and my, all these things. And I did this um, DMT experience and I was just in a black hole of sadness. And it was just a bunch of sadness. I hadn't let myself feel. And then I processed it with the person who led me through the experience. And it was during that time that I actually came to terms with the fact that like you had mentioned, not wanting to do committed relationships and all that. It was in that window of time. And I talk about this time in my life all the time, but I very rarely say it was inspired by DMT. So I, I finally put pen to paper and in this grief post psychedelic trip wrote that I wanted a marriage kind of love. I wanted a family. I wanted all these things. And, um, and up to that point, so it was really post DMT trip that I realized that I'd been lying to myself. 
like you mentioned. I've just been straight up lying to myself and lying to the world and very public about these things. And, uh, and I couldn't even, I was like, who am I if this is what I want? I don't even recognize this person. And then probably, let's say that was November. I met Jordan in January. So like coming to terms with a lot of that, then I wound up meeting my now husband right behind that because I, that was what was in alignment. I grieved a lot. I purged a lot and, uh, and got real with like, what do I, what am I really doing here? And then the, the love of my life, you know, came into, into my world. So uh, I just, yeah. I love this. I have so much, um, to thank psychedelics and trusting myself and my body, which is another piece, um, is that I was afraid that I would ingest a psychedelic and I'd like lose control of my body and like freak mm-hmm. out. So I would love to hear a little bit um, about your experience and more in the facilitator role. Now that you've like had your own personal experiences and you are facilitating with other people, I would love to hear some of the common um, like things that people are nervous about. Cause I remember mm-hmm. what I was nervous about, what people are nervous about and then kind of touch on what a microdose actually is Mm-hmm. And for what substances? And like, if you were to start someone on a protocol, which I've spoken mm-hmm. on this show about my protocols with my healing journey and like health and gut and all of that. And so I, I'm curious what it looks like uh, in the sex and psychedelic space. Yeah, that's been um, something that I've really been intentional on working diligently on for the last year because I wanted um, to be very thoughtful before, I mean, opening people up to sex and drugs, quote unquote. I mean, it's very hard for me to speak publicly with all of my conditioning about this, but the transformation that I've seen in my own life and other people's lives just make it to where I can't, I can't keep it to myself. It is, it is wrong. And I, I keeping it from the world would probably make me feel sick. So it's, it's something that I've wanted to not just run out and say, just do a bunch of mushrooms and have sex and you'll, everyone will be okay. I do think that healthy sex and medicine work will save the world. Like it is a fundamental belief that I have. And my mission is to get people comfortable with sex and psychedelics because I was so not comfortable with those things before and getting comfortable really changed my life. So when people come to me, they're very much surface level. Uh, I think these are my problems. These are kind of my fears. And we do a little bit of work together to understand, I think maybe these are your fears and these might be your problems. And so it takes a little bit of a aha work to understand how to move forward. But um, when, when it comes to sex and psychedelics and using them together, since they are so powerful, and as I'm sure you know, sex magic, where you actually manifest the life that you want through sexual energy, um, anyone, whether you're single or with a couple, you can do some of these things that kind of stair-step you into it, which is, especially for women, we're totally desensitized down there. Um, majority of us are. So using things like a yoni egg with a microdose and being intentional about feeling that area down there and, and really opening yourself up to the power that comes from just a teeny tiny bit of mushroom and a 30 minute experience with a crystal up your yoni. I know it sounds crazy, but it really, really works. So most people come to me with, oh, that's illegal. And 
I don't want to lose control. I don't want to change who I am. And I, I always laugh at that. Cause I'm like, is it working for you right now? Who you are? Um, totally. Like, do you love it? And they're like, no, but I just don't want to like totally move out to the middle of Virginia. Like you did. Like, (laughs) I don't want to just totally leave my life and like start anew. And we had the same experience as you, my partner and I did toad and we did totally break apart our lives and, and start anew. Am I mad that that happened? No. Do I think everyone wants to do that? No. Uh, do I think everyone could microdose? Potentially, yes. Um, and so what a microdose is, I hope I answered some of your other questions, yeah. is anywhere from like uh, 0.1 or lower, in my opinion. I think 0.2 is a little bit too high, especially if you want to be functional. Like some of my clients are moms. They want to be very present with their child. They want to, they're entrepreneurs and they want to be on calls. Whereas like uh, what's beautiful about microdoses is that one makes you just feel like you had a cup of coffee. You're very focused. You're very creative. You're very um, present. But if you wanted to go on a nice walk with your partner and you want to take three of them, that's just very heart opening and very uh, a feeling of ecstasy and connection and love of the planet and love of your partner. So that's why I love microdosing is that it's really just um, a stair stepper and helps you get it comfortable with feeling more and, and being okay with feeling emotions that might come up and getting them out or being okay with telling your partner how you feel. Because when we, when we are desensitized down there and here all the time, what existence are we really having? And yes, sometimes it is scary and shocking to your system to be very present for the first time, but with support, uh, it really makes such a difference in your life. So majority of the people that come to me are like, I'm afraid to do a big trip. Okay, let's not do a big trip. Well, what is microdosing going to do for me? Am I going to get addicted to it? Or is it going to interfere with any of my other um, prescription drugs? Or is anyone going to be able to tell? Or am I going to get really emotional all the time? I mean, it really... The, the, the amounts of fears that people have sometimes have shocked me in the creativity of them all. Um, but yeah, I feel very safe suggesting microdosing to most people just because it is such a safe substance and it's such a small dose that you can really understand if it's going to benefit you with a little bit of experimentation, but it is extremely nuanced. And that's why I feel like if someone just takes a 300 milligram microdose from a grower that has a really high tolerance and they just take it and then run off and listen to the news in traffic and they just go, Oh, this isn't right for me. Or like, no, you have to be intentional. Someone has to figure out your right dose. You need to meditate with it in the morning and then go out about your day. So my protocol was really me failing a lot for a couple of years on my own journey. And then really seeing the benefits of having a ritual and an intention and an integration process with any of my uh, sex work or any of my quote unquote, drug work, medicine work. Yeah, for sure. I always get a little giggle when uh, friends and people around me say, yeah, I, I, I did this thing and then I took a microdose. I'm like, you took a quarter of a gram. 
that was not a microdose. Uh, you know, microdoses are subperceptible. Like you can barely, maybe if you can feel it like, oh, the world feels a little lighter or I'm not. Um, in a spiral in my mind of like deep, mm-hmm. dark things where I'm like not even caring about the laundry being folded. Like you're just moving in the world potentially um, a little bit later and you may or may not even realize it, you know, um, when, and I, and I laugh at my friends and they're like, yeah, I took a quarter of a gram. Like you went on a little mini trip. Like that's, you had, you know, you're on my, I mean, generally speaking, I know when I'm on a quarter of a gram, which is 0.250. Is that right? Um, well, not so point two. Yes. Point two. Uh, yeah. So, uh, microdoses are like point zero five or, right. uh, maybe a point one, but right. that's, if it's like a big guy that, that has a pretty fast metabolism, but you're right. You will only feel like the rose colored glasses shimmer on things maybe for like 30 minutes to an hour, if you even want that. But a lot of times people want a, such a light dose that it's working in the background and it's so good for your brain, the way that it connects the neural pathways and the way that it stops rumination. All of that really is just amazing for moms or couples or entrepreneurs. It's, it's, really a way to deal with some of the stress that our society and world just heaps on us all the time. Yeah, for sure. And it's been a while since Jordan and I have done like a, a protocol, so to speak. And so I, I want to double click on on protocol. So ours was like the Stamets stack, which I'm sure you've heard of. And and um, we did more or less with the Stamets stack. Um, I am not a fan of niacin. I actually haven't met a person that's like really a fan of niacin, um, which so if we can talk about protocol, um, a stamina stack is actually, if you know it off the top of your head, instead mm-hmm. of me trying to like find yeah. it, then that would be great. <laughs> so it's, um, niacin, lion's mane and, uh, psilocybin. I'm a huge fan of Paul Stamets and I understand why he says that niacin kind of opens your capillaries and gets it in there. Lion's mane is really beneficial for your brain. Um, if people want to add things to their their, their microdosing protocol. That's definitely something that they can do, but it, I've been seeing a lot of things on the market lately, uh, the underground market, which is a mixture of a lot of those things in a tincture form or in a pill form. I don't really think that it's best. Um, I don't think you're going to get enough of all of those things. If you try to pack it all into one pill, I think that finding the right dose for you in psilocybin and then um, adding anything that you want on top of that is, is great. A lot of people are processing trauma or pent up stress when they first start microdosing and they're going to want to experience the light happiness, the joy that maybe someone that told them about it was experiencing. And then they're surprised that they're feeling tired, emotional, and yawny. And that's why like facilitation or, uh, coaching really helps because you help them understand, okay, you obviously need to take it at night for a while while your body moves some of that emotion, or you could do a mini trip to kind of like cry it all out. So you can start lighter and fresher. Um, otherwise you're going to have to take it at night and it'll probably help you sleep really well. And then eventually it's going to flip for you and it's going to give you that energy and exuberance and excitement and happiness, but you have to work through all of that. And if you didn't get the support to know some of those little nuances, you might've just stopped right in the beginning. And so that's why I'm really passionate about understanding my experience, understanding what people that I really respect experiences have been and 
like walking people through that because a lot of times people aren't consistent with it because they didn't have the right coaching or the right support on all of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I think about my my family and I think about their relationship with alcohol and how they're just like, they live for the weekends and I'm pretty sure that they have at least one or two drinks every day. Some of the people in my family and they just go real hard on the weekends. And at one point, a family member told me that her husband, I, I said something about mushrooms because I'm, I'm very much like starting to plant seeds of how this can help me connect with some of my family members so that we can really understand each other in a way that is going to really create intimacy because there's so much division. And then also, you know, layer on top of all of it, um, COVID and vaccines and individual stances on it. And then it's like, wait, we love each other. Three years ago, we couldn't get close enough to each other. Now this other bullshit is in the way of our connection. And it's now it's not just the trauma that we experienced in our upbringing and all of that. It's now then we layer this like government and mandates and experimental drugs and all of that. And I'm like, wow, there's just so much that's in, in the way of intimacy. And so I'm, I've been before even all this lockdown COVID stuff, I was starting to plant little seeds here, little seeds there. Like, like even with my mom specifically, what do you think about mushrooms? And she's like, well, yeah, I lived through the seventies or I was, you know, born, she was born in, you know, mid fifties. So it's like, but her, but what all these psychedelics mean and how we act, um, act with them is all different. I think than when she was even, um, going through that time in her life, she was a teen and in her twenties. So um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like planting those seeds. But anyway, back to um, the alcohol and all of that. And then I asked a question about mushrooms to this, these um, particular family members. And um, the one person said, and I'm, and I'm being very vague here with which family members this, this is, because I've even had some of them on the show and all of that. But I, um, she said, you know, her husband at one stage, they were doing something and a friend of theirs had given him mushrooms and he was freaking out. But if I know them, there was no set setting context. It was at night, which I have to personally, I have to be prepared to take a psychedelic in the evening versus during the day. To me, it's a very different experience. And chances are, yeah, drinking and she said something about him like going and like spending a bunch of time in the shower and like trying to take a shower and then eventually like going to lay down. And so I have no idea. I'm like, how much was it? They don't know. He doesn't know. Like, like as the, and chances are they were all together to like party and have like a cool experience with one another. I imagine they didn't sit in a circle and what's on your heart right now. Or like, what are you feeling or what are you experiencing? Or like, you know, I'm, I'm certain that there wasn't any kind of, you know, element of like ritual or reverence or sacredness in it. And I'm, and, um, and then the response was, it's not for us. I go, Oh, you having me work backwards. I got to make up for it. Now I got to even help possibly talk you out of, not talk you out of the bad experience, but like talk about a totally different situation that could have happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so hopefully in, into the future, I will have enough confidence and they will have enough trust in me that we could possibly, and it, the chances are that I will do, I will have an experience one at a time and it'll mm -hmm. be super light and see, you can trust me. And here are the tears that I have felt for 20, 30 years that you've been holding on to. And like, you can let them out and I love you. And you know, we are one and here's God and the universe yeah. and all that. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the thing is that those beautiful, like tribe bonding experiences are possible 
if you've offloaded a lot of trauma and baggage prior with your own little trips. So like, that's a thing. That's why it's so nuanced. You really need to understand the person and what they're holding on to so that they can do it the right way and not re-traumatize themselves or truly do experience that, that fun bond with a big group that just like is a little bit more lax. He obviously was processing something and feeling the eyes on him, feeling that, that he wasn't having everyone else's experience is really getting in the way of him doing some deep work. And, and those are all the things is that I want this medicine to become legal, but I want it to be in a way that uh, people don't just rush out and like go and traumatize themselves without someone who's done a lot that can help them understand what's right for them. So yeah, I, I, I feel for that person and it makes me sad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a part of the journey. So we'll see. Maybe I'll report back in like a couple of years. Cause I feel like even that person, if I were, if I were to get him, just him and I, uh, there's the, there's the possibility he might, well, over my mom, probably he might be the one that I can like go a little bit deeper with and go see. And then I know if he has a good experience, whatever good is, because good doesn't mean that you felt like rainbows and butterflies, meaning that could mean a lot of different things. But if he has, you know, um, a, a more intentional, I'll say, experience with it, then he might help me plant more seeds in some of the family. And that's something that we talk about here as a friend group. A lot of us starting to plant seeds um, of like low kind of psychedelic use between some of our families, because we have all, you know, my friends and I have all done so much work personal development work and the integration time and and the way that we've even cultivated community to be able to support each other. I feel like a lot of us feel like we can hold our family because we're already leading. We're already leading in so many ways, our family. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's big. And to bring it back even to the, the concept of relationships and the idea of relationships, the work that I do with healing in my family unit is directly affecting my relationship with my partner because all of that is what made me me and I'm figuring it out. So the more that I heal there, the better I, the better relationship that I have with my partner. And, um, you know, when I think of the future and the type of family that I want to have, it makes it more possible. Yes. It's so beautifully put. I, I totally agree. It's the same experience that I've been having. And I do think that we heal our family lineage, lineage through this work, through talk, through somatic um, healing, through psychedelic journeying. I really, really do feel like my life is going to be better because I'm healing my mother wounds. I'm healing my religious wounds. I'm healing so much that has been keeping me so tight and wound up and small. And now I'm excited about opening up and and blooming, as I say on my Instagram, that I, that I hope I inspire other people to turn back into themselves because the benefits that they will reap are just astounding. Uh, Yes. Totally agree. So as we are rounding out our time together, which again, this is a subject that I can just like continue and continue talking about. Um, I, I'm a, a, I'm curious if we round out on what does it actually look like if someone were to say, okay, well, I do want to try this, but I want to be guided, which is important. I want to be guided and I want to have someone 
you know, lead me through like developing a protocol and figuring out my limits and all of that. And like maybe even getting coached. What does it look like to work with a professional in this space? Yeah, that's a great question. So now, um, that it's legal in uh, some parts of the world, they're, they're going to start being, um, clinics and, and areas and retreats all uh, for people to be able to experience this. Um, it's already legal, um, somewhat not, not federally, but by state. So, um, you really have to figure out what you want. Do you want to travel to have your experience? Do you want to be able to, um, I I'm a big fan of renting an Airbnb that is like out in the middle of nowhere that you don't have attachment to that isn't your home that you can really just like let loose and be alone out with your facilitator. Um, but it looks different for everyone. It really takes you finding someone that, uh, after a conversation with you feel a connection to you feel trust with, they ask you the right questions, um, to where they, aren't someone that's just randomly deciding that they want to be a facilitator. Like what experience do they have if they have any training or is it just been years and years of facilitation, whatever you're comfortable with, uh, really understanding what they're going to bring to the table, like the practices that they're going to do, the ceremony that they're going to build, or is it going to be them virtually guiding you through a small trip? It can be anything and everything. Uh, it just really depends on what you're going to be comfortable with. And that means searching out facilitators, talking to them, having a conversation. After one phone call, you'll understand. I like where they were going with that. I feel safe and held by that. That is interesting or that sounded a little bit scary. So mm -hmm. it really is just this like mad scientist approach to psychedelics. Like you have to really dial in the right dose for you, the right facilitator for you, the right therapeutic journey for yourself. And, um, so yeah, it wasn't like the best answer, but I feel like there's going to be more and more people, uh, that are going to want to feel passionate about, um, either growing or facilitating to where we can heal the collective, uh, with that work. And it really just means, um, you got to ask questions. I know there's a lot of facilitators out there that are psychotherapists and they don't really have that much experience with psychedelics other than like tightly confound clinical legal, um, situations. And that might be more comfortable for some people because they still like the rigidity of that, uh, feeling, but they're also, uh, for other people, they might really enjoy more of a natural setting with um, more of a ceremony because they've seen that ritual really does make a big difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I could talk about this forever, especially if you're going to be mixing MDMA and, and, and uh, psilocybin, you'll definitely want a facilitator there for either talk therapy or um, to help you work through something that you do with your partner together. Um, a lot of facilitators that I've met aren't really on the MDMA, um, psilocybin train just yet. They're one or the other, but, um, yeah, you just have to find what's right for you and your soul will tell you that they'll, they'll be like, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I realized that in my little list of all of the things that, that I could have dug into with you. Um, I'm pretty sure MDMA and mushrooms is something that you work specifically with, which um, 
the only time, the only real time, well, no, there's been a couple of times that I've, I've ingested both of those substances, but one of the times was at ACL. Oh. And uh, I think it was a gram of mushrooms and, and one point of MDMA. And I can't, I think it was about that. It might've been a little bit less of both. And I was dressed in an outfit and I was with some of my best, best friends. And it was, a, it was on the verge of too much. Um, at one point, <laughs> at one point, we all like found a grassy area that nobody was at because it was, you know, a lot of stimulus and we did yoga. Mm-hmm. And we like laid on the ground, like with our chest on the ground and we just like yeah. held hands and all that. And so like some people are really freaked out about doing that in a crowd of people. I'm like a, a rave. Yeah. I, I'm very familiar with certain types of party drugs and still having a lot of fun, but doing them very intentionally. Um, and so I have also learned that there are some boundaries. I much prefer any type of psychedelic in a, in a slower environment. Um, and mm-hmm. I've even gotten to a point and I said this over, over New Year's. Um, I, I did a little small, more intimate kind of experience than like a party rager kind of thing, uh, this, uh, over the, over the new year. And what we wound up doing was some people did combinations of MDMA and psilocybin. I am, um, only comfortable with psilocybin at this point. I've had a lot of experience with MDMA and I feel like the, my neurochemistry I'm not bouncing back like I was. I actually wound up having a migraine after one of them that lasted for almost two weeks on, Mm -hmm. um, pretty consistently. It was like a straight 10 day. Uh, and, and I, and I just had this knowing of, I think I'm done with this one for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so indefinitely, and then until I get like this message of, I'm going to do that again. And so we wound up taking various amounts, increments of the substances. And we had you know, there's always at any given time, somebody's pregnant. So they're the DD, you know, like they're the, they're the one, they're the chaperone, so to speak. They're like making sure everybody's good and everybody's hydrated and all of that. And we did a circle and a ceremony where we talked about our intentions, what we were leaving behind from the previous year, what we were taking into the year moving forward. And we set all this stuff with our dose in our hands. And then we breathed, you know, we, we, you know, set our word for 2022 and we um, whispered that into the medicine that's in our hand. And then we ingested it. And then we immediately laid down and listened to a 45 minute Joe Dispenza meditation. Nice. So, and that involved some breath work at the beginning. And then it was, you know, by the time we were actually feeling some of the experience and we did this in a very enclosed kind of cocoon type environment in in one of our friends' homes, and we were all sleeping over. So it was like a, a you know, and, and I'm, I'm sharing that experience as this is what it could look like. So that brought all the friends back together. And the next morning we made brunch together and we processed what did you feel? What did you experience? What are you taking with you? What are you going to continue learning from? What are you going to continue with your integration process? You know, of like communicating, what will you bring to your therapist? What will you bring to, you know, your coach? And it just, looking at how, you know, the community that I'm surrounded by and then having this platform, you know, for the podcast to be able to speak like this, it, it allows for me to bring people like you on, for me to share some of my experiences, to actually showcase to people what it can be like, what it can look like. Um, and that's really, it's really powerful. It feels really good. So thank you for coming on, for suggesting that I bring this subject onto the show. Um, and then also going at an hour for a conversation, which is really Um, it felt like a beautiful story unfolding. And so hopefully people will continue to follow their curiosity and follow the aliveness. And if they were to find you and maybe they want to learn a little bit more about this whole 
what, you know, we didn't even go in the subject really of MDMA, so to speak. So like, you know, if they wanted to find out more about that, or if they wanted to maybe explore you as a facilitator, what could that look like? Where would they find you? So, um, one, I want to say that uh, I commend you for being a beautiful example of what I want new earth to be like, like that's the type of ceremony and tribal, um, connection that I think is really going to make a huge shift for all of us. So yes, that's, that's the world that I want using these, these medicines and, um, MDMA is not for everybody. I do it once a year with my partner in combination with mushrooms, I am mushroom mamacita. I love mushrooms. They are my life. So I'm very active on Instagram at mushroom mamacita um, and, my, and my website as well. That'll be linked below. But um, I, I'm just super passionate about teaching everybody about what they can experience or how it can benefit their life. So uh, you can feel free to reach out to me in a DM or on an email. Um, I'm totally open to talking to people about this. It really makes me feel alive to do so. So thank you for having me on your show. I think you do a fantastic job. So good. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for taking time out of your uh, busy frozen schedule in Virginia (laughs) right now (laughs) and making it work, uh, running on a generator and everything uh, to have this combo. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you do. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.